0: Welcome to the podcast Cook, Eat, Nourish with me Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. I hope you've been enjoying all of the different episodes and I really would love if you would rate and review the podcast so I can help get it out to other people. In today's interview I'm talking with Catherine O'Keefe, the wellness warrior and co-founder of The M Word. We're talking all things menopause lots of different tips and things to avoid symptoms i hope you enjoy the episode good morning catherine thanks a million for joining me today great fiona lovely to be here
1: lovely to have nice sun now as opposed to all the rain i know fantastic <laughs> isn't it
0: Would you mind introducing yourself to my audience, Catherine?
1: Sure, sure. So my name is Catherine O'Keefe. I'm quite often referred to as the wellness warrior. And I guess one of my specialist areas is working with women in relation to menopause, perimenopause and so forth. Um, My background is I was in the corporate world for 25 plus years before I went and returned to college and studied alternative medicine and became a qualified homeopath. As part of that, uh, I guess perimenopause entered my life um, towards my final days in the corporate environment. And when I left um, investment banking, I started a career um, writing blogs with my second spring. And um, that kind of led to setting up Wellness Warrior and working one-to-one with women um, who were kind of struggling with uh, different issues through menopause. And then also working with um corporates and workplaces in educating women on all aspects of health and wellness and menopause. Okay, fantastic.
0: And so you mentioned there perimenopause. So <laughs> can, can you, you love can you explain <laughs> yes, what that is? Yes.
1: Um, I guess we always what we always hear about is menopause, and a lot of people think that you know they might wake up one day and all of a sudden they're in menopause. In actual fact it's all about perimenopause Um, and perimenopause can be anywhere from 4 to 12 years in duration and perimenopause is when all the little subtle signs of menopause start to happen so you know you might kind of feel that you know your confidence dips a little bit maybe a little bit of weight gain is coming on and before you might have you know uh, lost weight easily now it's not as easy uh, your periods start to go a little bit irregular, just by simply a day or two, or it might be that your flow changes, they become lighter, or heavier, it's really, it's not one size fits all. Okay. Um, so really, for me, it's all about perimenopause. The majority of the sy- symptoms will be at their peak in perimenopause, and menopause itself is actually the anniversary of 12 months without a period. That's okay, really what it So, is. That, so okay. everything is you're, 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 you. can have premenopause, which is someone who's fertile and um, can have family. Then you move into perimenopause. Then you move into menopause, and then postmenopause. But the biggest chunk is um, uh, perimenopause. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And what is postmenopause then? Postmenopause basically your periods have stopped. Um, uh, you've completed menopause no more periods, and then you're post-menopause, so you're over the menopause. Okay, so menopause
0: is actually really one day then?
1: It's one day, uh, the anniversary 12 months yeah. without period. What can happen after that is that you could then go another nine months and a period could happen. You could okay. then go another 18 months and a period might happen and then they're just gone. It, it's kind of, you can't see for, you know, how it will happen for any one person okay. because it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous quote by Iris Murdoch where she basically says, um, "There's as many menopauses in the world as there are women." So it's you know we're all unique.
0: Yeah. Okay. So at what age would someone need to start thinking about, say, particularly from my point of view, the nutrients and things, and maybe you might talk about lifestyle things. At what age should someone start thinking about so that they're set up for the for the perimenopause?
1: I think ideally um I would probably say in a dream state um forty. Um now where the challenges are there is that we're are having children later. Um I had my youngest child when I was forty one, you know, so that is the way um things are going for whether it's a decision made or for you know fertility issues. But I definitely think once you hit forty, if you're family if you're finished with a family you really need to start thinking about preparing yourself for perimenopause and that is basically you know starting to become aware of what you're eating is so so important and um, you know like you i mean processed foods sugar they're not our friends and all they're going to do is um, rob us of nutrients you know so I think it's being very very aware of what you're eating and your lifestyle so you know making sure you've got exercise and um, whatever that is whether it's walking around the block for 10 minutes you know whether it's swimming running yoga whatever and um, exercise is so important but I think it's just really taking time maybe when you're early 40s and just say right you know, it's going to happen. It's inevitable for Mm. all women. And so what can I do to prepare myself? And I guess when I do my talks around the country and I um, talk to an audience, I love it when there's younger women there because I literally, I I would say to them, you're going to get this, you're going to nail it because they're there earlier and they can prepare. And you know, you're also talking about when you look at the exercise it's also you know making sure that you're looking after your bones yeah, and that you're preparing yourself not not just for the years of perimenopause but the years after because we're living longer and um, mm. you know so we've got to make sure that we're keeping ourselves as healthy as possible
0: um so okay so from the the food side of things yeah um you're saying avoiding sugar and processed yeah. foods yeah okay. caffeine and caffeine Caffeine. caffeine okay.
1: i I would probably see caffeine as uh, one of the biggest issues I come up with when I work with women, um, okay. where you know that it either it's it, it it will have a direct impact on um, hot flushes, on a lot of the symptoms, on anxiety, so a lot of the symptoms of menopause. So it's really looking at your caffeine intake and reducing it. Um, and it's not I'm not saying no to coffee, but if you're drinking ten, eleven cups of caffeine mm. a day, be it tea coffee that's way too much and so it's basically you know being mindful of that and I think also remember that and you know a cup of coffee a cup of tea is going to dehydrate your body so you need to replenish that with water and I another one of the big biggest issues I would see is that we're not drinking enough water so Mm -hmm. it's really making sure that you have water regularly throughout the day and particularly if you're exercising exercising to have more water. So
0: can I jump in there now? I drink green tea, okay? Okay, So I drink about five cups of that a day and then I'd kind of end up having quite diluted really large cups. Yeah. That's low enough in caffeine. Yeah, yeah, it would
1: be. Now, if you had an issue with sleep or night sweats and you were having that, let's say, after three o'clock, then i basically, I might say to you, or maybe just cut it back and see does it make a difference. Okay. Um, It's really kind of looking at tweaking it and seeing what works for you. Um, but, you know, caffeine definitely can exasperate um, symptoms. And also be aware that with caffeine, if you've got a lot of it in your system, it will impact anxiety, without shadow yeah, of a doubt, yeah, because right. everything is a bit more heightened and you're not in the calmer state that you want to be in. So I think it's just being um, just being very aware of that. Um, I guess the other um, thing that I, I would mention, I know a lot of women are like, oh my God, you know, they don't like to hear this but alcohol is an issue and it is an issue in this country, I think it's an issue globally, but we I certainly am seeing a lot of the, not just weekend, it's the midweek, you know, I'll have a glass or two of wine, it really isn't helping on a regular basis without, to have too much alcohol.
0: Oh Absolutely. yes, I was going to say, so would you say you have to avoid it altogether? Or no, just? I mean,
1: look, to me, I guess I'm very much the 80-20 rule, so I would go, you know, if you can be good 80, 20, 80% of the time, right. then everything in moderation. But I do think when I like red wine, um, uh, but I'll be honest, I probably have a gla- one glass of red wine a week at the weekend with my wow. husband. Okay. Um, I don't drink midweek. a week, um, and I, I guess I'm seeing... A lot of women who are drinking midweek and are drinking more, and I think that is something that we have to be aware of because again, that will impact anxiety, hot flushes, night sweats. You know,
0: the list goes on. Okay, so we have avoiding the processed sugar, the processed foods, and the yeah. sugar, and the caffeine, and the alcohol. Yes. Okay. So, so what? Cook from scratch. Yes, yes. Cook, eat, nourish, <laughs> but definitely cook from scratch. I mean, I
1: one of the things that I guess I have seen, and it, it surprises me every single time, when I start talking to an audience about, um, be it food or be it a supplement or something, nobody reads the label. So, you know, you ask someone, what does it contain, and it's kind of like, taken the time to read labels if you do it once it'll probably take you what one two minutes that Mm -hmm. you know what's in an ingredient you're buying then you don't have to do it again um you know like I know I'll give you an example without naming a brand you know people will uh, often ask me about maybe yogurt or something or um probiotic drink yeah. and I am just saying to them if you look at the ingredients you find that um, there's a lot of add- additives mm. so that can be sugar or something that basically takes away from any nutritional value yeah. that's in you know yeah. this probably better than me even so you know it's just being really aware of what you're eating is so important. And so what type of foods can we What are good um, for us? What, what are good for us? Uh, vegetables, vegetables and more okay. vegetables yeah and i guess i'm a huge proponent of gut health so for me it's about eating the rainbow so it's not sticking to your carrots your broccoli your mm-hmm. you know your potatoes it's bearing it up so like at the moment it's eating seasonally so and um, celeriac turnip and um, beetroot there's loads of fabulous um uh, vegetables i get um my vegetables delivered every wednesday from an organic farmer in yeah. galway and um, and it's just the quality is just fantastic but it means it's seasonal yeah. so that every week we're eating pretty much different or every month probably we're eating different vegetables and that's really good for your gut yes. um, and your digestion and i guess just you know so fruit and vegetables i mean it impacts so much fiber and um, keep keeping everything moving in your body but it's also getting the foods which are called phytoestrogens and what they do is they mimic the action of oestrogen in the body so in menopause and perimenopause our hormones are coming down i have a teenage son his hormones are going Mm. up right so that's puberty it's the exact reverse in menopause so um so the oestrogen progesterone testosterone are coming down and the two the, probably the most common ones to reduce are going to be your estrogen and your progesterone testosterone is more specific um, to certain people how that kind of interacts but when it comes to the estrogen you can look at foods which are phytoestrogens that will mimic the action of yes, estrogen. Okay. now just to be clear in terms of how they will mimic it they attach themselves on to um, estrogen receptors within the body now they're not they're never going to be as strong as a synthetic form of estrogen like hormone replacement therapy okay. but they are going to get some much needed estrogen into your diet so that's where you look at like your hummus your chickpeas um um uh, your, your your lentils your your yeah, yeah, yeah. your soy um and with soy just be very very careful soy gets bad press mm-hmm. sometimes I think the important thing with soy is that it's fermented soy and it's a good source that's the really important thing if you are using it i've tried soy milk on so many different occasions and i just personally had just the taste of it it just doesn't work for me but i will have tofu and um, so it's just kind of incorporating different things like that a or really the
0: edamame beans oh fantastic. I they're yeah, fantastic they're brilliant. and they're i've brilliant. got the recipes including yeah, those yeah.
1: yeah and i know like <coughs> tesco and the asian supermarkets um, always happen in the frozen section, and they're brilliant fat. Yeah. So I. Would and they lay, are the pure, yeah, unprocessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, if you can probably go for anything, they, yeah. they're great to go. Just steam them. Don't cook, overcook them. You know, just yeah. steam them. Um, you know, other foods that are great are like milled flax seeds. and mm-hmm. um, Are really, really good. If you could just sprinkle like a tablespoon on your breakfast, it was porridge or whatever in the morning, and we're even over a soup. Um. So and make a flaxseed bread. It's, you know, even better for yeah, so yeah it's like a focaccia yeah. style bread yeah i for uh um my kids love pancakes so when i do the pancakes i use buckwheat flour but i'll always i won't don't use eggs but i'll put two tablespoons of milk flax seeds okay. and it's great you know obviously to make it and um, st- um uh, starched, just, yeah, yeah, thicker. Thicker. yeah um but um so there's there's tons of foods out there that that can help um, and i guess you know th- The other thing that's kind of from the phytoestrogen perspective, but then it's also getting other good foods into your system that that particularly will help your brain. So really there you're talking about the omega-3 foods Mm -hmm. and also like nuts and seeds. I mean, nuts and seeds are just to me um, essential. Um, now I know for some people maybe if they suffer from kind of yeast and different things it might not be um, possible but you know certainly you could at least you know maybe look at sesame seed butter, tahini and things like that because really the nutritional benefits you get there are just second to none. Okay know? that's a great list of
0: foods um, and so then we were talking, you you mentioned on a few symptoms so we're talking about the hot flushes, the night sweats mm-hmm. and the anxiety. Yeah. What are some other symptoms maybe? They're probably the most common. Um, I mean,
1: I guess anxiety is being more discussed about now. Um, The ones that probably aren't maybe as common would be anxiety. Maybe I think people don't realise the different forms of it. And really, for me, you're looking at three forms of anxiety, panic attacks, which Mm -hmm. people would probably talk about the most. But the other two would be health anxiety and social anxiety. And I guess they're two areas that um, aren't as talked about as much as they should be. And what I'm seeing increasingly is the social anxiety, which is basically um, you know, where all of a sudden you, know, you don't feel comfortable going out and meeting your friends or going out somewhere with your partner. All of a sudden it's more comfortable to stay at home. And to be in your PJs or relaxed mm. or whatever. And whilst that is lovely and it, it's important to have the downtime, long term, it's detrimental to your mental health. Because it's so important that to keep social, to get out and to kind of, to meet your friends and also to make new connections. Um, you know, like I, I'm, I, I run several times a week and I run in a running group. So, you know, I'm constantly meeting new people. And it's fantastic because you have people come into your life who are from completely different backgrounds mm-hmm. to you. And that challenges your newer pathways, which is so important for um, brain health. Um, but also menopause on its own can be extremely lonely, extremely lonely. And a lot of women can feel isolated. So it's very, very important to keep connections that you can, you have people that you can talk to okay. um, and you know, that you're sharing what's happening um, and don't just kind of bottle it all in because um, it can become overwhelming very fast. Okay. Um, so that would be from the anxiety side. But probably the other symptom that is definitely not talked about enough is vaginal atrophy. And that is basically internal um, dryness of the vagina and that will never get better on its own fact. So okay. you have to you have to be very proactive the minute you start to see any signs um, of vaginal dryness that you are acting on it and you're being proactive about And what would that be? Does that mean um, you to see the Jeep? G- G- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean there's a <coughs> difference um, symptoms that can happen it can be that all of a sudden maybe you feel you need to go to the toilet more you might it might be a sensation like you have trash that you feel itchy and inflamed please don't self-diagnose this trash because that happens a lot and then women will use maybe caniston cream or something that will actually make it worse so it's very important that you talk to your gp and that you request a physical examination and to make sure you know, to rule out thrush okay. um and to rule out any, any other um underlying um disease but really the bottom line is is that as we when you're in perimenopause and menopause the, the our body is becoming drier, the moisture isn't there, the mucous membranes become drier, but what also happens is they become thinner. So by virtue of that, it means that they're more sensitive. So it may be that intercourse is more painful. You might have a bit of spotting afterwards. They are telltale signs that you need to see your GP and put together a plan of action. And that would basically be where you're looking possibly at localized treatments and um, so that you're you're tackling it. And then again, you can you can also help that by um, looking at omega seven. Um, very hard to get in your diet, actually probably oh, impossible. sea C- C- okay. C- 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 buckthorn oil. Okay. Um, and it's really one that any woman that I'm working with who has vaginal atrophy, um, I would basically say supplement. Okay. Um because really it's you're not going to get it. Yeah, okay. um, um and then but at the same time because I've seen women who've gone years without doing anything, I've seen that the, the what can happen? It is very, very important to talk to your GP as well. Okay, mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they're probably that they're for me they're the ones that we're not talking about enough that we need to talk about more. I, I, everyone knows about the insomnia, the hot flushes, the night sweats, palpitations. I mean, there's so many symptoms.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is, is there is no one size fits all. Mm. You know. And am I right in saying it's almost like if your liver is Clogged up with all sorts of different chemicals from your alcohol, and your caffeine, your processed yeah. food, etc. Yeah. It that, then can't process the kind of surgery change in hormones, and that's why if you have it all healthier, then you will yeah. have less symptoms yeah. and yeah. breathe through.
1: Yeah, and, and that's another, you know, we all forget about our poor livers. <laughs> you know, our livers are, to me, they're the superheroes. They're working, our liver is working constantly and doing Trojan work. Um, and like you said, you know, there's so much happening in the liver. It has to process so much every single day that really, um, you know, we've got to try and help it as much as we can, and you know, support it as much as we can. And you know, I always say to women, you know, simple start there is. In, your mo- in the morning, have um, a cup of warm water with some lemon juice and add some ginger as well. I mean, there's a great start to the day and your liver will thank you for a start like that, you know, yeah. but certainly the liver um, is under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. because of what's happening with the hormones and processing everything that's happening in our bodies. So we need to support that as, as much as we can. Okay.
0: Great, so you do lots of uh, different events. Yeah. Do you want to tell me a little bit about those or, or even um, some of the campaigns you're involved in? Yeah,
1: Um. I guess so. I'm peri- perimenopause on Ploat are the talks that I do throughout the country and my last one was in Galway and I have a few others coming up, um, probably uh, Dublin, Letterkenny, I think before the summer. Um, so that's one piece. And what are work they? So that's they're... basically where I will just go and talk to women about... Um, everything to do with menopause and is this like in a central venue or yeah, that people yeah can generally book in a hotel and people okay. can just book on Eventbrite I, I kind of I publicize those through my social media channels okay and um, so that would be one thing then I do um, a lot of corporate work and um, where I go into workplaces and I talk to employees about menopause mm-hmm. um, and that's obviously tailored per and um, per company and and um, I do um, Work as well, I do work as well with um, the health service and the HSC. I, I guess one of my passions is, is that, um, you know, I'm getting out every day or as much as I can to women in the settled community, but it's travelling. The travelling community really don't have somebody talking to them directly um, about menopause, other than their liaison officers and for them they have a lot of other issues to try and cover and um, so that's one area that right. I'm definitely very very passionate about and it's not just the traveling communities minority groups so like next week I'm, I'm speaking to um, um, an ethnic minority group up here in Dublin and um, so it's really just being inclusive to all parts of society and trying to help women understand menopause and what it's about yeah. because whatever challenges we have Their challenges are different and in some cases can be a lot harder, probably in the vast majority of cases. So as much support we can give them, the better. Um, And then um, I guess the other um, part then is Make Menopause Matter Ireland, which is basically um, Diane Danzebrink, who is a huge menopause advocate in the UK, started a campaign I think over a year ago called Make Menopause Matter. And the three principles of um, the campaign are um, having menopause covered uh, in medical training, so for GPs, etc. cetera, mm-hmm. that it's part of the actual curriculum when they're in college. as Is opposed it not? To, no, it's, it's an add-on. They get okay. no, they do get a few hours, but not much. Okay. Compared to what they should get. It's an add-on maybe of a weekend training or something. Okay. So that it should be part of the training. Also that It's covered more by the Department of Health in terms of just awareness and so forth and I guess that we're kind of tackling now already because the Women's Task Force has been set up with the Department of Health and the National Women's Council of Ireland and what... That task force is doing is they're looking at all areas of women's health and one of the great things was was that menopause came up as one of the key areas that women in Ireland wanted addressed okay. so um, I've been working with them as one of the stakeholders in terms of you know various things that can be done to um, provide greater awareness of menopause so and then the other parts of the campaign are having menopause on the curriculum for secondary schools so at the moment it's two lines in the, the biology syllabus so we want more and then um the third is menopause in the workplace so uh, the campaign in Ireland is make menopause matter Ireland and it's on uplift.ie if people want to sign it so and um, you know that would definitely cha- change change landscape of menopause forever in Ireland. It's it's happening every day. I can see it changing, but this one okay. is just pretty so much. Awesome. Link, link yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Right. And then I guess um, um the other then uh, area is our talks are the M word. Mm, um, so, yeah yeah that's that so we did the first um M word last October in the Radisson. And there's three founders, um, Ashley Grimley of My Second Spring and Anna Mooney of Osney Media and myself. So basically, I guess we've been working in the menopause space uh, for a couple of years and um, I had started writing blogs and so forth for Ashling on My Second Spring. And we've always, always kind of talked about doing an event and Anna was always kind of pushing, you know, for, you know, we need to do this, you know, get going, whatever, so we did. Um, so we did the first one last October and it was fantastic Brilliant. we had great speakers we got great feedback and it's obviously women are craving the information and mm-hmm. um, so our next one is in the Ballsbridge Hotel on the 8th of May and um, this year Brilliant. and that will be our next one and we've some fantastic speakers um, we've kind of some speakers are the same but the subjects are completely different and then we've got some new speakers um, coming in like with Dominic Kemp. Um, and uh, Diane Dansbrink is is back over with us again but she's actually going to be talking solely about um, HRT because she's an expert in that area and then also kind of about the psychological aspects of menopause
0: because that's quite big as well so yeah fantastic lineup. Brilliant okay and so Catherine I always ask my guests can they give me three tips that my audience could use now to help improve the health of the nation so obviously yours are going to be in or around the, the perimenopause, yeah. menopause, fist menopause. Yeah. What would your three tips be?
1: Um I guess first off I would say it's the food, it's eating seasonally, and getting as much fruit and vegetables into your diet, drink more water mm-hmm. will be number two. Yeah. And number three has to be, without a shadow of a doubt, is keeping social. It's, okay. I see it every day now and it's so important. So it's like, you know, if you want to meet a friend for coffee or you want to go to the cinema, you know, make it happen. You know, and make it happen.
0: Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Good tips. And what would you choose as your last meal, death your thinking, meal?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that in the middle of the night last night. I mean, my mind was turning over things. And you know what? I think for me, I love breakfast. Yes. That's my thing. So to be honest, it would be like a buckwheat smoothie bowl. That okay. would be, you know, some buckwheat grouse, yogurts, berries, cinnamon, drizzle of honey. That would be my yeah. idea of heaven. And yeah. what would you have to drink with that? <laughs> uh, i probably have a fresh juice. I'm mad into beetroot juice. So okay. it would probably be, yeah. My husband is uh, on a juicing frenzy. Well, he's been probably for about a year. So we do a lot of juicing
0: at home. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it would have to be probably beetroot. Okay, great. Interesting. Would you mind telling my audience how they can get in touch with you? Um,
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you can, my website is wellnesswarrior.ie and um, I'm on social media, so Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, etc. So you can kind of follow me on any of those are under wellnesswarrior.ie. Fantastic.
0: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Cook, Eat, Nourish. I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review this episode to help me spread the word. For more information, pop over to my website, fionasfoodforlife.ie, where you'll find lots of recipes, tips, videos and blogs. Thanks a million. See you soon.